0: Howdy folks and welcome to the hunting stories podcast. I'm your host Michael and as usual we got another good one for you today. Today we actually connect with Brian Speller. Uh, Brian is a listener who had the uh, the, the the guts, the, the balls, the, whatever you want to call it to reach out to me and say hey man, love your podcast. He actually found a connection with Jermaine Hodge who's been on the, co- uh, the podcast several times before because uh, they're both military but he was brave enough to reach out and say hey I've got some stories I want to tell. So to the listeners. If you have some stories, take a take a hint from Brian and reach out to me. I'd love to have you on. Um, but I want to say thank you to Brian for reaching out and for sharing his stories. Um, beyond that, guys, we're now live on Carbon TV Media. Um, so please go check us out there. Uh, it's going to be kind of a rolling release where the episodes come out every, one every day, but still new ones every Monday. Um, but just one more place that uh, we're spreading the good word and some good stories. Beyond that, guys, let's go ahead and kick this thing off. Um, let Brian tell you some of his stories. Thank you. All right, Brian, welcome to the Hunting Stories Podcast, brother. How are you?
1: I'm pretty good, man. How are you?
0: I am doing well, man. I'm doing well. Um, Brian, you are another one of the listeners who reached out and said, man, I've got some fun stories. I'd love to come on. And, and here we are, man. So th- thank you so much for, for reaching out, uh, being brave enough to to share your stories with only me, but the, the people that listen to the podcast, man. So thank you.
1: Yeah, man. Um. Yeah, I, I just... Saw your story about Western Hunt Fest and was like, let's see what, yeah, I'll go to that. Sure. <laughs> you, should. <laughs> you should. It's a hell of an event. Last
0: year, I had tickets to go and I got COVID and I couldn't fly there, but I plan on going to, I think they have five of them this year. So I'm going to try and make it to a, at least two. They got one right
1: here on the Air Force Academy.
0: Yeah, no, I'm going to be at that one for sure because so. my, my hunting buddy lives about five minutes from there. So if you're going to be there, Brian, let's meet up. Let's pause for a second on all that and why don't we introduce you sir to the people that are listening so they know here they're hearing some stories from
1: uh yeah so uh my name is Brian Speller um i've been hunting since i was uh 4 years old i shot a squirrel so i quick aside when i was a kid i could always find my little red wheel or bow with two wheels on it and <laughs> uh i could never find an arrow at the same time and i remember the day i gained consciousness i would say was like i remember being in my front yard seeing a squirrel and seeing it was close in the tree and remembering wh- where I had put the arrow the last time I saw it and ha- <laughs> having the bow already. So I remembered to slide under my garage door as a four-year-old, and I ran in there, grabbed the arrow uh, out of my dad's uh, bow case <laughs> and ran back <about laughs> and shot that squirrel in the foot. Him to the tree for a second and he took off. And then my dad was watching the whole thing through the window. And so he's got like, we, we bring the arrow in, there's like a hair on it, and we they're flipping out. They can't believe a four year old just shot this squirrel with a bow. And <laughs> I'd so, <be> so
0: proud. <laughs>
1: oh, yeah. He was stoked. But, um, but yeah. So a little bit about me, man. Uh, I kind of lived all the, of- the place growing up i wasn't like a military brat or nothing my dad was just picking his career so um we i've lived in michigan indiana alabama tennessee and i graduated in tennessee uh went to school was an idiot and went to college and i put corral uh, college in parentheses because you know but uh yeah. so i dropped I- out I can see you doing the
0: air quotes right now right
1: yeah. Yep. And so I <laughs> dropped out, joined the army and, um, my, I got stationed in Washington, uh, Fort Lewis, Washington. And the first thing I did when I found out I was being stationed there is, uh, Google or YouTube over the counter elk hunting in Washington. I knew they had it cause I had a friend that lived in, uh, down by the Oregon border in Vancouver. Yeah. And, uh, so I got with him and, you know, that kind of set that journey off as far as my Western hunting is, is concerned. But I grew up whitetail hunting, you know, with a bow. Uh, I killed my shot. My first one at 10 shot another one at 11 and killed one at 12, killed two at 12 with a bow. And um, I killed probably one a year two a year every year since. Um, And I never really uh, killed. I never killed a big one for a while. Yeah, uh, and then I killed one when I was fifteen. That was a big. I, we were in Indi- Alabama at the time. Yeah, Alabama, and I killed a big one uh, during the use season, my last use season. Which I this is kind of a aside. I don't know how I was fifteen years old hunting during the use season. I felt like I had every advantage a grown man had, but you know whatever. Um, <laughs> took it. So um, yeah, that's kind of my background. Um, avid fly cool. fisherman, bass fisherman. Everything outside duck hunting, especially duck hunting. And you, do you bounce hunting? back
0: and forth between Washington and Colorado, or are you uh, in Colorado at this point?
1: I'm a resident of Colorado. I'm okay. a resident of Colorado now. Got so, it. Um, cool, man.
0: Very cool. Well, you know what's awesome yeah. is that your first memory is of hunting. Um, I wish I could say that. I don't – like I'd have to think back. It's probably like jumping in leaf piles. Probably about the same age of about four, but that's pretty – that's a that's a pretty impressive little hunting story that a four year old little Brian was shooting a squirrel with his bow. I, I've shot a squirrel with my bow, and I think that's impressive. And I did it at like thirty eight, <laughs> so so good on you, Brian. <laughs> yeah. man. That's that's pretty that's pretty awesome. Um, but cool, man. It's it, it's nice to understand a little bit about where you come from. So let's let's just jump into it. So I know you have a couple stories for us today. Why don't you set the stage on on the first one? I think you said it has a little to do with kind of the the lineage of your family and and some hunting land so let's let's dive let's dive into it
1: yeah man so um yeah i remember being seven and eight and nine years old like thinking like uh and my dad would go on these trips every week with his brothers and my you know my uncles um to ohio and uh we didn't so i have family that lives in ohio that they would go hunt with and um we didn't have anywhere really that we hunted. We had permission or they had permission on some places yeah. and that's where they would go hunt. They would kill some, some good deer every year. And these weren't, you know, everyone's kind of, I, I want almost want to say spoiled. Like now you get on Instagram and you see 165 inch deer and you're, you, you don't even bat an eye, but like what you don't realize is like, that's not, that's never, that's the new normal. You know what I mean? That's the new thing that people are just going out and shooting these monster deer. Um, people have always killed monster deer. Don't going to be wrong. I'm not saying that, but you never saw it like this. So, um, yeah. and you know, they're killing these 130, 140 inch deer. And, um, they, and they, my dad would come home, you know, with the rack or like the story and then take it to the, the taxidermist. And I remember like being a kid, like take me, take me, take me. And I remember when I was 10, <laughs> my, when I was 10, he decided he was like, I, i Shot my bow. I had a Browning Micro Midas, and I'd shoot that bow every single day. I mean, for hours. Just, um, I didn't play video games or nothing like that. I I just shot. And my yeah. dad, I guess that was the year he was like, you know, it's time to go. And so he took me. Um, that year I got a Diamond Edge, same bow every kid starts with. And uh, I went to, I think we went to Michigan that year because my uncle was living in Kalamazoo at the time. So we went to Michigan and I shot a deer in the butt at 8 yards uh at 10 years old <laughs> and then my that same deer ran, ran past my grandpa who then missed it. And you know there's probably in, in a, a deer somewhere or carcass now somewhere in southern Michigan with a east End 5570 in the side of it that I shot <laughs> at 8 yards but <laughs> I shot that deer the next year I had a big buck, uh, at 11 o'clock in the afternoon on the last day of the hunt comes into 15 yards and I draw back and I looking back, I had target panic. You know, obviously as a kid, you're not, you're not comprehending what you is going on, especially when it's that. And I was like, what pin do I put on this deer? That's 15 yards away. I'm going to put the green and yellow one on him and let it fly. (laughs) (laughs) I, uh, I shot that deer right in the back strap, and he took off and survived and then, when I was twelve um thats so after that year, my uncle Todd got a farm in uh in Ohio, and not a big one it's it's small it's maybe sixty five acres total mm-hmm. um but it's in a very good place because the the land behind it isn't hunted um at all, so it's like okay. the sanctuary that we're up against, and um That year, my cousin killed his first deer after I had backstrapped one, and I remember my other cousin had killed one, and I was like the last one up, because we're all the same age, so I was like the last one to go, and I remember like telling my dad, because we had the opportunity to go rifle hunting in in Alabama when we lived there, and I didn't want to. I wanted to do it with a bow. I remember that, and uh, not that I thought the rifle was going to be too easy or anything like that. I just knew I started with the bow. I had to do it with the bow. And my dad, once I made that kind of commitment to myself, he enforced it. You know what I mean? Like, no, you know. And um, yeah, that's awesome. So, when I was twelve, we had to stand in the top or the north section of the farm. So there's four fields. If you could picture a grid, you got the line in the middle. Is and on each side is is a is a is a is a field of some sort, like a cornfield or green. It was a green field this year. And, uh, in the middle is a block of woods and to each adjacent corner is a block of woods. And so to which my uncle owns probably 25 to 40 yards in each, except for the one that's solely there. There's like a couple patches he's got that are solely there that are his. And so, um, I was sitting in a double ladder saying the same one, my cousin, had killed his first deer out of, it was a small eight point. And I remember, like, sitting there, and I was so cold, man. I was so cold, and I drew (laughs) – I was like, I'm not even going to be able to draw my bow back. What am I doing here? And So I was like, I should draw my bow back and see, and I kind of got up to do that, and I couldn't get it back. So I hung the bow back up, and I was like, well, I'm going to sit the rest of the morning, and then next time I know not to wear so many clothes because now I'm cold and I can't move. So (laughs) I – uh. I remember watching across to the opposite uh, corner of the field, and I, I was watching this deer. And you remember those first couple of times when you were hunting when you'd see a deer, especially because, like, I was 12, and I was hunting by myself. So, I mean, my dad was also hunting on the same farm. It's not like I, he just dropped me off in the woods, but I walked yeah. one way from the house, he walked the other. And yeah. I had a phone, so. Um, well, this is
0: new to me. I You say I remember, but I am a new hunter, so I've only been hunting for a handful of years, so. This is. But you remember the this... first
1: time you saw a deer though while you were hunting, right?
0: I do, I do. I yeah, didn't have and a deer it was. Tag. But I do remember the like, first time Whoa. I saw an elk when I had an elk tag, and I was like, yes. oh, my it's God. on, it's on." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. And I remember watching that deer come through, and it was two does, and I watched her come through uh, a hole in that tree line, kind of a little trail that cut through, and I took very, very good mental note of it, and I took a picture of it. And I remember getting back to the house, because my cousin had sat there the day before and seen deer that were far away, too. And there was a tree stand at the at the house, which is also on the property. Okay. And, and so uh, my I told my dad, I was like, hey, I want to put this stand up. He's like, do you know where? I was like, yeah, I keep seeing deer right here. I want to go put this stand up. And... I hate to make a long story short, but it's going to evolve in the evolution of this story of this farm. So um, we go out there, and we put the stand up at 12 o'clock in the middle of the day. And he's like, you feel comfortable in it? Are you good? And uh, we walk back to the house to eat lunch. And I remember sitting there eating lunch, and I could not wait to get in that tree. I couldn't. I mean, something was telling me I, I had to be there. You know what I mean? And so – yeah i i might have i got up early for meeting lunches or where are you going i said i'm, I'm gonna go sit he's so you go gonna sit in that tree right now it's one thirty in the afternoon i said yes yeah. so i put all my stuff on put my harness on and start walking out there get to the tree climb the tree hold my bow up and i remember i would always take a picture of the deer because as a kid like no one believes you like oh i saw this many deer and so i'd get back to the the house and they'd be like no you didn't And i'd be like no look i did look <laughs> and so yeah uh i had i didn't have a range finder you know so i walked out to 20 yards from the tree stand i stepped out 20 yards and i drew a two-zero in the field and i stepped out to 30 and I drew a three-zero in the field and i knew that 30 was the farthest i was going to shoot and um i'm sitting there for man like it's like 2 o'clock in the afternoon, so it's not exactly prime time. You know what I mean? And I was just sitting there for 20 yeah. minutes, and I kind of looked up, and there's this button buck quartered away, standing where I had just kicked the dirt up in the 20. And so I drew back, and I remember, like, I was like, this time you're not going to put your all your pins on him. You're going to put the pin on him, and shoot. It's, it's not going to be a, a, oh, shoot. It's going to be a settle down that you know let it go and so i did and i shot that deer and she was he was hard quartered away i put it right behind his last rib he didn't drop a lick of blood but i watched him run off into the next field and i remember as i lost sight of him i could just see his tail waving and so i got down about 20 minutes after that and i kind of started walking following his tracks because there was no blood and i remember i was like i'm just gonna walk to where i last saw him hopefully there's a speck of blood you gotta remember I've been down this road twice. So yeah. and I just remember like crossing the little this little in this green field, just coming up and there's this little knoll that's never flat, you know. And so <laughs> I, I looked over and I said, Oh my god, there's a dead deer right there with my arrow in it. So oh, I man, called I my dad. That's amazing. Dude, I was twelve years old, all I was alone, you know. And so I called my dad, I was like, <laughs> Dad, I just killed one. I just killed one. He freaks out. I- He's like, Did you see it go down? I said, No, I'm standing next to it. It's dead. I'm it's dead. I killed it. So he comes over. I'm proud of and, you right uh, now, Brian.
0: <laughs> That's amazing. Okay. <laughs> you keep, keep going. Keep thing, going.
1: Well um, and so He sits in that tree for the rest of the evening and we go back. We eat the back straps. I remember we did some weird marinade, like soaked it in pickle juice or whatever, something like that to eat it. And it was so good. I remember being like, this is back strap. This is what they talk about when they tell these stories. And so, two days later, my grandpa comes in and I go sit back in the same stand. I still had another tag, you know, for a buck or a doe and kill two uh, two does. And I technically a buck and bucks antlerless. So, I go back in the stand and uh this time I put a 10 in the field. And so I had uh I had bought myself, I saved up all my money that summer and bought myself a trophy ridge pursuit site. For those of you listening that know what that is, it's, it's like the cheap version of a slider, like a, a hog father or no. an XL. And so um I slapped that on my bow. In the summertime, and so I had marked my little ranges. It was so funny because looking back, it was so dumb that I had this slider side on this fifty-pound bow, because the only two <laughs> I had, I had three notches, you know, where I drew on the tape for ten, twenty, and thirty, and that was the farthest it would go down. <laughs> so, um, just because you know, as a kid, you don't have—I don't have a draw length at all. I'm shooting twenty-one inch draw, so. Um. And uh, while I'm sitting there, my grandpa's sitting in that double ladder stand directly across from me. I can see him. He can see me. He's on one tree line. I'm on the other. And this doe comes out, and my uncle had missed her. And I knew he had missed this doe because she had a giant mole on her face, and he had talked about it. And so this doe comes out, and she's right underneath me when I see her. And I'm like, oh, crap. Cause it's breaking dawn, you know what I mean? It's right early in the morning, it's still cold, and uh, my grandpa was like, "I wonder if he's gonna shoot, and he was like, Why hasn't he shot- He doesn't know that during this time, I'm still putting my release on like and <laughs> I sneak my release on and grab my bow, knock an arrow, and somehow this doe hasn't spooked, and she steps out at ten underneath this little tree beside me and I smoked her, yeah a her, actually that was interesting. Because I had like I said, I had the slider sight that I had never moved from twenty yards, and I shot her at less than ten, so <laughs> uh a her, get down shooter again, and so that was like my that was my little checkmate to my other cousins who had killed deer before me was I did it with a bow, and I killed two of them, and um that was I got that monkey off my back, so to speak and uh, moving down the line in 2013 uh, my dad we we had finally had, had like a giant deer show up on camera uh, and we all called him Big Nasty and my dad missed him Love on the names. very first day hanging <laughs> in a stand. <laughs> yeah, I, You know I go back forth about him like I think some of them are like I think like the TV industry has kind of taken the deer naming thing so far like they're giving these deer, like, people names. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah, I'm going after Frank today. So I'm going after Ben today. You know what I mean? Like, I just think that's a little, <laughs> that's a little silly, weird.
0: But... Yeah. My, so I have you a bunch see... of deer in my yard, and I let my kids have right? them. And it's fun to see them grow. So we, my son was determined to have the biggest deer name, named Bingo. And so then we just ran off of that. And so there was Bingo and then uh, Lingo, who's littler than Bingo, but still pretty good. Uh, and then Rhino. Yeah, because he only had one horn, uh, but was as big as Bingo. It's just—it's a fun little thing to do, especially with your kids. Um, yeah, yeah n- naming them like Frank, you got, Carl. Yeah, the, Steve. Yeah, it's
1: fun with the. Yeah, it's fun like with your kids and stuff. But like you got these grown men out here with forty deer on their four hundred acre lease, and they've got them <laughs> all named. <and> it's <laughs> like, all right. I mean, if that's what gets you going, you know, yeah, it's like Santa's
0: reindeer, man. But, yeah. yeah, continue. Sorry.
1: <laughs> so yeah, we have big nasty show up and. Big I mean, at the time, this was the biggest deer we had ever seen on camera. I mean, we are like on go mode for this deer. And the first day there, November, we had went this midweek, week, mid first to second week this time. So it was like November 8th. And my dad was hanging the stand that we now call Big Nasty and missed him at 20 yards. He was in there bedded with a doe while he was hanging the stand and they surprised each other. And, uh he calls me all shook up and that year I missed a giant that was completely different from the same stand. I killed the two uh, in 2012. And this was, I think that I want to say this is 2013. Okay. Maybe 24th. Uh, uh, yeah, something like that. It's it's been so long now, but, um, he calls me and he misses him. And so fast forward after I missed that deer, um, I'm hunting, and it's like the second to last evening. We had just gotten a snowstorm, and my dad ends up killing him from the same spot he missed him. Uh, no way! And that deer's <laughs> yeah, and that was the biggest deer um, we had ever seen, body wise, neck wise. I mean, and he was 160 something inches. You know, oh, wow. not a big. I'm not really a big score guy, but like I love when they just have those. Thick horns, man. Like I'd love to shoot a Roosevelt one day that didn't even score two fifty, but just had those bases. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I think that's the coolest part of an antler is right there at the base. But so in big. Nasty I gotta show these.
0: you my. I gotta show my whitetail that I got a uh, South Texas whitetail, and his bases and his uh, uh, brow tines are just super cool. Like one of them is just bending straight backwards. His brow tines, yeah, and it's just covered with all sorts of stuff. And like he was, if I had to guess, he was three years old if we let him go to seven he would have been a monster he was a three-year-old and probably one i've never measured him but i'm guessing about 120 maybe like 125 right Um, and he he would have been a monster at 170 but i was hunting public land in texas i was happy to just see a deer (laughs) i didn't know there was public land in texas so (laughs) there you go yeah
1: (laughs) but um so my dad kills big nasty and uh I think my next year was my freshman year in high school and I shot like a smaller, like six point. Yeah. And, uh, but my uncle, who's not really my uncle is my dad's cousin. So he's my uncle, his nephew, uh, who's not me during the shotgun season so uh, ohio is cool because it's one buck a year and uh they have only a straight wall cartridge or shotgun season it's only like there's only two weeks out of the whole season you can hunt with a gun so it gives the the bucks a chance to grow and um which doesn't sound important until you realize like ohio every one deer hunts it's not like colorado you have like a one in 50 you know it's a 50 50 shot of someone hunts when you meet them probably less than that there it's everybody less than that you know, whole Midwest huh. is like that. So I did
0: not know that. I did know that like opening day of rifle is like a holiday, and people and people don't go to school and stuff like that. But I didn't know that that, that, that there's that many hunters. That's oh, that's it's pretty awesome. crazy.
1: It's crazy. Um, so during the shotgun season, my uh, uncle's nephew Isaac shoots with a shotgun a deer that scores 173 inches. The same, I think it was the same year as Big Nasty, and a key detail to this that we'll circle back to is when the deer was dead on the ground and Todd was looking at my uncle and they're both looking at, they're both hunting. Um, he, his neck was kinked up because he was so wide. He wouldn't lay flat. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, the deer is as wide as my shoulders and just monster of a deer. And, uh, so fast forward to 2017, yeah, twenty no, twenty sixteen. My dad goes. Um, I think he left the house. He got to my uncle's house at five a.m. Shot his bow after driving to make sure it was on in the headlights of the car, and then. I mean, he got his. I think he got his tag at Walmart too, because Walmart used to be twenty four hours back then. Yeah. And so some some it, of them still are. <laughs> so he, he, he got his tag hunted and that more. So leading up to that, my uncle Brian, who I'm named after, had just called him and saw it said, Hey, I just saw the biggest deer I've ever seen in my life. And my dad goes out and, and probably 20 minutes into hunting shoots that deer from big nasty at 40 yards, um, the same spot. Um, that's another key detail is big nasty. And, um,
0: so the big nasty at this point, not being the deer, but it's being a the stand. name of the yes. stand. Yeah. Okay. Yes.
1: It's the tree that we've, uh, that, that we, that's the one where usually if you're going to kill a bit when it happens. So he shoots this deer and it's got a freak like caribou paddle for a brow time. It's an awesome looking deer. I'll have to find a picture that's of it and, so cool. it afterwards, but that deer is like 170 something inches, but he's got the same neck and face as big nasty. You know, you can tell they're related. So it's really cool um he's like the offspring of the one he had killed and cool. um so 2017 we didn't kill any big ones in 2018 uh was my first year in college and i had you know i i remember that summer i bought a new bow to me it was a bow take experience i still shoot it um bought a whole set of arrows everything. And I told myself like I was working in Michigan at the time as a electrician's apprentice before I went to college, before I decided I wanted to give college a quote unquote try. Um, <laughs> okay. And uh, I remember like practicing. I used to shoot at the same shop. Yeah, I don't know if you are familiar with him. I'm sure you are, but um, I'm actually I might've missed I used to shoot that. the I same shop as about- him. As who? Chris B.
0: Chris B. Okay. Yeah, no, I'm familiar with Chris B.
1: Yeah, so I used to shoot at the same shop as him, Three Rivers Archery in, uh, I think it's Livonia, Michigan. But I remember shooting, like, the little jackpot league there, like, doing everything I can to get ready for the hunt. And so that year we go down, uh, first week in November, and I told myself, like, this is the year you're going to shoot a, a giant. Like, don't shoot a small one. You know what I mean? Like if yeah. you have to question it, it's not, you're not shooting it. And th- and that's, I hate to say that because like, that makes me sound greedy. But like the, the thing is, is every, I think every kind of hunter gets into this progression of, it stops being about like, I know I can go out and harvest a deer. You know what I mean? Like, I don't have to prove it to myself. I can do that every year. So I'm okay with being picky, you know? And it's not like kind of, I'm trophy hunting. Maybe I am trophy hunting. In the sense, but I think there's a challenge involved in holding out for a specific animal. Yeah,
0: um, absolutely. And, and beyond the fact that they are smarter, right? The longer they've been, yeah, around, they're a harder animal to hunt. Are. Yeah, they've they've been around. They understand what it takes to be alive. So exactly, it's not just about the trophy, which the trophy is a wonderful byproduct.
1: Wonderful byproduct. Wonderful but byproduct. But it's really it's about the, the, the challenge, the chase.
0: Yeah, the challenge. Yeah, it's the
1: exactly. chase. And, uh, there's a good quote, uh, real quick by a guy, I don't, I can't recall his name off the top of my head at the end of the podcast, though. I have it in my notes, so I'll give it back to you. So he gets his credit, but it's a turkey hunter. And one of his, his quote is, I wish that I could breathe life back into him so that I could hunt him again tomorrow. And I, that sticks with me because I think the hunt to me is, is, is more of what it's about. But anyways, so, um, I decided I was gonna hunt Big Nasty at the stand every single day. I wasn't gonna leave it. You know what I mean? Like I'm hunting there. That's where the big deer are. Yeah. I don't even want to leave nothing to chance. And so my first, you know, we were there for seven, eight days. Um my first all Biggie. I Googled it. Ben Rogers but, yes. Lee. That's it. That's ben it. Ben Rogers Lee. Yeah. Um so those first so the first morning I sat in a stand uh to the south or to the east of Big Nasty uh on the biggest woodlot there like called Ninja and we call it Ninja cuz you have to be a ninja to get into this tree stand. I don't know how my uncles were hanging tree stands back in the day. I know they probably don't do that anymore, but um they used to I mean like ninjas. I I was 18 years old. I could barely get into that tree okay and uh but it was about 10 feet into the wood line on the edge of a cornfield where the first two rows had been cut so i could see about 40 yards into the cornfield and the edge of the trees are all about sapling level trees you know what i mean like where the deer can make a scrape and there's a hot scrape right there so i sat there the very first morning because my dad wanted to sit big nasty because last time he sat there the very first morning he killed the biggest year of his life. So I go there that afternoon. Uh, I think I saw maybe one or two bucks and chasing does. And it was, it was a good hunt, you know, it was a good sit, but I didn't see any big ones. And the next morning uh, I went to climb the stand and uh, as I'm climbing, I got there late. Like it was breaking. I like to be there before daylight. So It was daylight. It was shooting light when I got in the tree. So it was, or becoming shooting light. That twilight period, if you kind of, you know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you're so talking I, about. So I'm Absolutely, climbing yeah. the tree. Yeah, so I'm climbing the tree, and I'm looking to the backside of the tree, and there's a doe, but she's not looking at me. I, I know she hears me, but she's not looking at me. I know she's heard me walking, and I look, I kind of peer up behind the tree, and there's about 135, 140-inch. Uh, buck on her and they are I mean he's 40 yards she's 30 and they're going to work their way towards me if I get into this tree and keep in mind I'm climbing up the other side so they can't see me so I get to the top pull my bow up I hook you know hook my harness up pull the bow up knock an arrow and I'm I remember looking at this deer that I had somehow gotten to the tree stand now and he's still there um, tending this doe and I remember looking at him like that's a big deer but not yet. You know what I mean? Like it's like the fourth day. And I just I just couldn't do it. You know what I mean? Something was telling me to hold out. And
0: You got a good gut feeling, in. I'm hoping here, Brian. <laughs> yeah. I'm well, I'm yeah. not good enough so, hunter to hold out on anything, but you keep going, keep going, man. So
1: um uh, that I sat all day that day and that afternoon I saw one and I just l I ran out of light as he was to me. And he was a big one, man. I, he was probably, you know, that quality, that age class of deer that we're looking for. And I just ran out of light. So the next morning I hunt there, the next evening I hunt there, didn't see another deer. And the next day was the last day. Now, all my big deer encounters there, aside from that one in the morning, I had seen deer far away. You know what I mean? But yeah. I hadn't, the closest ones have been in the evening, aside from the one in the morning that I passed, as far as, like, shooters are concerned. And, um... yeah. My uncle wanted to hunt there, right? And he's older than me. And my dad's telling me, he's like, man, you your uncle hunt there. I'm like, no, 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 no. Let me hunt there in the morning tomorrow. Then you can hunt it in the afternoon. See, I thought, after saying this, I realized I had made a fatal mistake because every encounter I had was in the afternoon where I could possibly shoot one. It was like middle of the day, afternoon. And um, so I was like, well, I'm going to hunt ninja for the last day. And my cousin, who was like 13, um, he was actually shooting my old bow. He is – I'm hunting Ninja, and he's hunting Crazy 8 is another stand we have. And he's probably 200 yards farther east of me. So you've got him on this tree line slash block of woods I'm kind of watching the same cornfield. Me, about 200, 250 up from him, right? And then my dad is, like, perpendicular to me the very corner of this field, right? Okay. And then Big Nasty. Is the farthest from me. So we're all kind of not on this tree line, like close enough to like see each other, but we're all in that same group of woods. And um, I remember it was the last evening. It was the very last evening and it was so windy, man. Like we're walking out and I just remember having a smile on my face because I was like, this is my last day here for the year. Like I'm going to enjoy this night, whether I see a deer like." Tonight's not about shooting a deer to me. It's I'm going to I've had my hunt. I hope my uncle kills when I have big nasty tonight. But I'm gonna go sit in Ninja and I'm I'm just gonna sit on that scrape and whatever happens, happens. It's so windy that I'm not concerned about a deer smelling me. Like it is blowing. Yeah. And so I get into the stand, I drop my cut. so I make a loop and drop my cousin off of his stand. So I make sure like he gets in there safely and everything. He's tied in you know, with his harness and get his bow and everything. And I get in my stand and we all have a group chat like group text message. And, okay. uh, that's smart. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's so fun in the, in November too. Cause like this year, I'm not, I haven't been able to go for a couple of years because, cause of the military, but I'm in the group chat. So every morning I'm dead asleep and just, vroom, vroom, vroom. you seen a deer, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> and, Wake uh, up to 70 text, Yeah that's awesome oh yeah oh more than that oh dude hundreds but every little <laughs> update they get so um my i'm sitting there for about a, um i want to say an hour or two it was getting let's say so say dark would be 5 30 right is completely okay. like shooting lights over at 5 30 um it's probably 3 45 okay, and plenty of time my dad calls me he's like hey yeah, so my dad calls me and he's like, hey, I think your cousin just shot one and I think he spined it. You need to make sure he's like – because, you know, like as a kid, you know, especially if it's your first deer spining one, it's hard to watch a deer die and, and I have a lot of remorse seeing it even though it's a necessary thing for the hunt to happen and for the harvest to happen. It's still like – it is it is hard to watch, you know what I mean, especially if you're 13 years old and you shoot one in the spine and you have to shoot it again, you know. And – um. I get there. He didn't shoot it in the spine. He shot it in the femoral artery and the deer was dead before it hit the ground. Like, but he's looking at his first deer. Right. And I'm like, we're high five. And I get his picture for him and for his dad. And I send it in the group chat and, um, the driveway is about 300 yards away and it runs parallel to this tree line. And, um, it's the opposite of where we're hunting, uh, the road into the farm. Okay. And, we call my Uncle Tom, who is my Uncle Todd's dad, and he's like hey. So he gets on the tractor and, and pulls down the driveway and I walk I drag Chase's deer, my little cousin, but drag it to the road with him. And like before they go back, you know, because they're they're gonna ride the tractor back to the house. They're like, hey, you wanna come on back and start, you know, working on the deer? And I was like, nah, you know, man, I got forty-five minutes of daylight left in this hunt before I gotta go home for another year. I'm just gonna go sit it out. And, um, ooh, I'm shaking, but, uh, that's, that's I get good. To, that's
0: good. Keep going, man.
1: I, uh, I, I, I'm walking back to the stand and, you know, tr- corn cornrows, you can see a long way up. Them. And I remember looking as I'm getting close to my stand, I'm creeping back to my stand cause I'm walking back during the prime time. You know what I mean? Like I should be in the stand right now if I was really yeah. concerned about killing the deer and I look up a corner and I see a deer and it's big. I can't tell. I can't see horns. I can't see any of that. I just know it's a big bodied deer that I'm looking at 300 yards up this corn row. And well, you know, probably less than that. But you know what I'm saying, a long way up this corner and it's so windy inside the corn, you can't hear anything. And it's it's windy enough in the woods that they'd have to be close for me to hear him walking on dry leaves. So I climb back in my stand, I hook back up and uh, knock my arrow and everything. And uh I had made some noise getting in there, so and I'm not saying this is what brought this deer in at all. I rattled because I was like, I made some noise. I might as well leave a deer noise to maybe settle the nerve of whatever was close. And um, It's getting so dark as, say, 5.30, right? It's probably 5.05. I stand up in my tree. I I don't like to sit down in a tree stand because then I have to stand up to shoot, and I don't like shooting them having to sit down cause you could possibly hit your knee or whatever. It's just easier to be standing up and I can see what's going on. Yeah. And, um, yeah. I remember kind of looking and if you remember how I described Ninja, there's these row of saplings on the edge of the field and there's a hot scrape probably 25 yards away to my like peripheral. I'm not looking out into the field. I'm looking down the tree line and, um, I remember seeing an ear flick and, um, I'm sure you've been in the woods long enough to know, like there's times when you see something and you're like, that is, that's what I'm looking at right now. You know, like I'm looking at a deer right now, even though you don't see the whole thing. You're like that. I, I knew in my head, I was like, that was a deer. Yeah. So I grabbed my bow and I remember seeing the ear flick and I remember, you know, it's not dark, but it's getting dark. It's getting twilight to where, um, color is not popping anymore and you gotta remember the the color of the antler tine of a deer is roughly the same color as a cornfield so i'm looking at this deer and i see the bases move and i was like shooter instantly i was like that's a shooter and he's 25 when i see him he, he's gonna walk he's making his way towards me you know what i mean okay. yeah So he's going to end up at, if he keeps coming, the road he's coming on, he's going to be at five yards. I mean, he's going to be right there. He's coming. I thought they would be in the corn further. He's on the tree line checking these trees for scrapes. And I just remember, like, hooking my release up. I'm making the motions as I'm doing this, too. This is kind of funny. But I remember hooking my release up, and um, I'm watching him. And as he's coming through, it's so thick right there on that peripheral to me that, like I said, saplings and the height of those trees is directly in line with my flight path of an arrow. You know what I'm saying? So I'm peeking through, like trying to see what I'm looking at and I know where my gaps are. You know what I mean? So I know where I can shoot him and I knew he was a shooter and he just, he's checking, he's licking this branch and he's licking this dang branch, man. It felt like forever (laughs) because as I'm watching him lick this branch, I'm counting you know, I'm looking at the brows, and I'm like, okay, yeah, shooter, big brows. He's for sure. You know what I mean? It's not a question. And um, he start. He puts his head down, and it was like all at once. He was like, like it's time to start walking towards this dude, <laughs> and he starts coming, man. And I remember being like, okay, twenty, okay, fifteen, draw, draw. I'm holding. He's at ten find a hole in this tree to shoot this deer because he's getting closer <laughs> and he's going to, he's going to step on you. like I'm in a tree, but like he's going to be at the bottom of the tree. You know what I mean? And yeah. so I'm like, all right, there's my hole. 10 yards. Eight. All right. Stop. And I, I shot and I heard the arrow smack him, you know, right in the spine and he drops. And, um, so
0: you shot him from like above. Yeah. That's crazy. Okay, not continue. not that
1: far above though. I was not that high in the tree. Maybe thirteen, fourteen feet. So okay,
0: but yeah, but like straight down, like you you. Oh it's yeah, like almost hard to straight down, hitting a lung. You just went straight center mass and, well, and put I, a spine shot.
1: I held it low. I wasn't trying to shoot him in the spine. It just okay. you know, happened. So, gotcha. Yeah. I uh, and I shoot him, and you know, spine him, and when he like the arrow hits. He throws his head back and falls to the ground. And when he threw his head back, that's when I could see cuz keep in mind everything's been blending in this whole time. And I once I saw the bases, I was like don't you look at those antlers. And um when I saw when I saw his head tip back um and when it hit the ground, it didn't lay flat. You know, keep in mind like I told you, Isaac's deer didn't lay flat. So I'm thinking Big nasty big. You know what I mean? That's my that was my term in my head. Like big, nasty, big. Don't settle for yeah. less. You know? You're
0: about to rename that tree stand to <laughs> something, whatever this deer is. Yeah, um, that's awesome.
1: Okay. So I yell, right? <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> and uh my dad hears me yell, because keep in mind he's only three hundred yards away maximum. And so he calls me, he's like, What happened? I said, I just smoked one. He's big, nasty big, he's dead, he's down, he's right here. Um, cause I think I did clip a lung way. Right? Like he was bleeding yeah. a lot, you know what I mean? So, um, and, uh, he's like, okay, I'm on my way. I'm on my way. And during this time period, um, me and my dad used to run bloodhounds, uh, like before tracking dogs were cool. Like we did that <laughs> not to sound like a hipster or nothing like that, but like we were, <laughs> we would get calls like all the time in November. Hey, we just shot this deer. Can't find it. Can you bring your dog? And, uh I'm climbing down the tree and, uh, my, like one of my mentors, like for, on the fishing team, I was bass fished competitively in high school. So he calls me, he's like, Hey man, uh, you think you can bring that dog over? I said, Raymond, I got it. Oh, I just shot a giant, <laughs> hung up the phone. And, and uh, <laughs> and so I'm, I get to the bottom of the tree and I see my dad. 'Cause he's running over, you know what I mean? I told him he was dead right here. And, my dad, and I look at the deer and look at my dad and I'm like, throw my bow down, run to my dad, hug, hug my dad, Here, yeah, I'm like, You're not gonna believe how big this deer is and he gets up to me and he like I go to look at it and like by this time the adrenaline's like going crazy and the group chats obviously knows what's going on. The group chat's blowing up. And so my (laughs) uncle in Michigan calls me and FaceTimes me. He's like, how big is it? You know what I mean? I heard you just shot a giant. And I'm like, I'm still shaking. You know what I mean? But I'm holding the phone up and my dad comes up from behind me. He's like, dude, he's got 18 points.
0: Wow. I'm like,
1: like, no way. Right. That doesn't exist. (laughs) It doesn't exist here. And um, I go count. Sure enough, man. 18 points. And. I take a picture, send it on to my buddies on Snapchat, and they're like, I'm like, how big? I well, first of all, I'm like, I just shot a giant and everyone's like, BS picker, it didn't happen. Here's the picture, bud. Like, and and they're like, Oh my god, that's 180-inch deer. And I remember being like, Yeah, man, I don't know what he scores. You know, I never seen a deer this big. And so we get him quartered up, skull cap him, everything, and we go we take him home and we've tracked deer on this ranch in Tennessee called Dunaway. And there's a scoring guy there. They have like a scorer and like groundskeeper. And but he scores deer. Okay. Like that's part of his job there is to score the deer. And so cause we don't know how to score a deer. You know what I mean? We've every deer we've ever had was scored by a taxidermist. And like we've never like had one where we're like really that curious. And the whole drive home, um, I don't know if you're familiar with this. It used to be bigger than it is now, but bowhunting.com, like bow hunter die, like the show. Um, they posted the picture and it goes crazy viral. So like the whole ride, 18 hours drive home is just my phone blowing up, you know?
0: Yeah. And yeah. That's cool. And
1: people are saying like, people <laughs> are saying, dude, that's bigger than one eighty. And I'm like, dude, I don't know. Like, I think it's 170 inches. You know what I mean? Cause my only reference is Isaac's deer and he didn't lay flat. So we take him to Dunaway and everyone kind of takes a guess at the score. Cause they had like guys hunting there. And I felt bad bringing this deer there because um, no one had killed one there that night. And it's a private club. You know what I mean? It's almost like a high – it's not like, its not high fence, but it's almost like those ranches in Texas where they've got, like, the sheds and everything where they're scoring here. Yeah. And so um, Skyler is his name. He comes out. He's like, everyone take a guess. And uh, a couple guys are like, one guy's at 170. I- I'm like, it. you're a loser. <laughs> and another guy's like, I think he's going to do it. I think he's going to go 200. And I'm like, no way. Keep in mind, like I don't care, really. You know what I mean, like.
0: Yeah, you're you're ecstatic and, regardless.
1: Yeah, and he flipped his little calculator app around, and it was two oh six and six eighths, mm. and I was like, I was like, dude, my life just changed. <laughs> like, <laughs> this is crazy. Um, and you know, kind of fast forward that he got the nickname the Beast, and so um, from Ted Nugent, you had Ted Nugent on. I don't know if you ever heard his quote like the Beast is dead, long live the beast' that's where that name came from, but okay, um,
0: that's awesome,
1: okay, yeah, so um, and then this year, my uncle killed a uh, one that's not he's he's not two o six but he's big, yeah, uh, I don't know what he scores but he's gonna he's gonna be big I, maybe one eighty and um but that's kind of the story of that farm and just how that's been in our family but and the story coincidentally of my biggest deer that I will ever shoot <laughs> uh, and I will never have a problem with it but after we killed that on the walk back to the house my dad was like what's next you know what I mean where you go from here like just joking around I was like everyone was kind of like I guess elk Yeah, and so that'll lead us into uh, yeah that'll lead us into this next one Um, I got stationed in Washington in 2020 Um this is after I messed around in college and then decided I needed to join the army. Um and this is the main reason that I felt like compelled to listen to the German or Jermaine Hage stuff or Jermaine Hodge stuff, because he has a very similar background and he didn't really elk hunt before he joined the army and the army put him around elk. Well the army put me around elk, so um I get to Washington and as you know, it didn't put me around a lot of elk. (laughs) but yeah they were there there.
0: yeah yeah but not a lot of (laughs)
1: they're there i remember i remember reading on a forum one time someone said you have a better chance of killing bigfoot in this unit than ever seeing an elk (laughs) i was like all right (laughs) uh, okay guess i'm not gonna go there and uh yeah i went hunting for a
0: few years before i saw an elk and i remember talking with my hunting buddies being like how do i know the difference between a deer and an elk and then I, i saw my first elk and i was like oh that's that's obvious.
1: Oh, well, I, yeah, I know the <laughs> <Yeah>. difference. <laughs> yep. It's, I see it. And yep. so, uh, I got my, so I got stationed there as a brand new private man, like living in the barracks and everything. And I, uh, this is before I was married. So I, my mom brought me my bow and my honey like fishing equipment, like, cause they wanted to come out and see me one day. So I was like, Hey, if you're coming, like, can you bring my stuff? So she yeah. brought my shotgun, my bow, Oh, fishing rods and um i remember i bought this dude i bought this clapped out jeep for like 1500 bucks and i remember being like i'm not gonna every free chance i have i'm gonna go look for elk so every weekend for that i mean for the season every single weekend man I was out looking for elk all over Washington, North Washington, I, on the Western side. Cause I knew I was going to hunt the Western side. Cause I, I wasn't going to be able to have the time off to go like plan a trip East. Okay. So so you're going for the rosies. I knew I was going to be. Yeah. And so I was, I knew I was going to be Roosevelt hunter, cascade hunting. And so, um, I ended up finding a bunch of elk and then I got there opening day and it turns out, well, so I, my buddy telling him just like he's Washington. So, um, he's like one of the best people I've ever met, like give you a shirt off his back, but he, um, we get, we're like hyped for elk season. Right. And so this first day I was like, and I had bulls on camera, big bulls on camera. And, uh, I thought I had just hit a slam dunk cause this whole time I'm blacktail hunting there. Cause you remember the our deer is like, you have like 10 days of September with no elk season, but you can deer hunt. So I'm in the woods yeah. in September here in elk bugle. And seeing elk while I'm deer hunting in an OTC unit. So I'm, you know, I'm hyped. Like, I know I've hit a slam dunk. Well, it turns out, so did the rest of that county of Washington. Well, the whole <laughs> western side of Washington. Because, <laughs> oh, my God, i had never seen so many people hunting in one place. And I remember telling Ethan, like, we hunted that first day. And the only thing we ran into were other hunters. And we actually ran Bigfoot hunters who showed me all their trail camera pictures. <laughs> <laughs> There's some giants in there still that never got killed, but um. So I'm like, dude, we need to bomb somewhere else. So we literally like pull up all the like all the preseason scouting we should have been doing to have a plan B, right? We do in two hours at the gas station the night after opening day. <laughs> perfect. Throw perfect. a dart on the map, and I'm like, dude, let's go. I'll drive. Like we'll take turns driving. Let's go. So we go, man, and um as we're pulling into this state land, this big, big chunk of state land that's bordered by private but walk on timber company land. That effect here later. Um we jump of elk. I mean at the tr like not the trailhead, because there's not really a trailhead in like the timber land. Crosses the road at the front on the public only have two hours until shooting light cause we have all night like and taking breaks to nap. So, um, I, we, uh, we spooked those elk and I'm like, sick, let's drive three more miles into the stale land and then hunt there. And, uh, up in the morning and all these trucks pass us and I'm like, not again, where did we see elk? And, um, this is something like I, I preach on my podcast is like time in the woods is the biggest killer like if you can put just time in the woods not looking i mean looking for elk but not you're not looking for anything else you're just hunting like and diligently yep. hunting that time in the woods is what will kill more than anything that having the the patience to just be there and so i agree 100 um, percent,
0: man it's about getting reps
1: yep and so that we drive right back to where we jump those elk that morning they don't dark that night i guess and uh, i was like dude we're not gonna fight the crowd like let's just hunt so we stopped the truck right there on the side of that logging road and walked into the woods and i'll tell you what man we walked 300 yards and uh ethan puts his hand out he's like don't move (laughs) you know he's like there's a bull and it's legal and it's 50 yards away don't move and he had no idea we were there and i had no idea Ethan could see him playing his day. And then we kind of lost sight of him. And there, you know how that country is out there. These, are these little creeks that are 10 feet deep. You don't even know they're there because the ferns are there. So yeah. like, and he's down in that bottom. So we go like, I'm standing where we saw this elk. I'm like, where is he? And I look behind Ethan and I'm like, oh my God, there he is. He's 40 yards away. Don't move. <laughs> like, And so we start getting into it with this bull calling because he is now dipped up over the hill. So we're trying to call him back to us. During this call-in, knowing what I know now that he was raking the whole time, I could have just snuck up the Greek bed and probably shot him at thirty yards. I drew back on him at like forty-five, and he was just—I just didn't have a clear shot. And but that was my first, you know, season hunt in Washington, and Ethan missed a cow that year. And so you know how it is in Washington too. Like you get on these Facebook forums and groups, and people are like, "Yeah, I didn't even see an elk all year," and here I am, like, thinking, like, dude, we just had two encounters, like. I could have shot one if I was better at hunting and Ethan missed one. (laughs) Like, like, so like maybe there's something to what we're doing. Maybe there's something to this whole, just go hunting thing. And, um, the next year, um, so fast forward, I'm married now at this point in time. And my baby is due any day now. And my dad, my parents had come up because, um, they obviously wanted to be there when, you know, my daughter was born. And so
0: is this is the first time they were going to be grandma grandpa? Yes. Or,
1: yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 That's so, a big um, deal for them. <laughs> oh yeah. And uh so we're me and my dad are sitting in the house, my mom and my wife are just out shopping or whatever. And um he's like, "Do you want to go hunting tonight?" And I'm like, "I mean, I got a spot, but we got to leave right now." And this spot is the same place opening day. Remember I told you like we couldn't buy a parking spot. You know what I mean? Like there's that yeah. many people there, but this is the middle of the second week of the season. You know, the season's only two weeks. So I'm like, oh, can it hurt? Let's do it, man. Let's go. So I throw my camo on, grab my bow. We hop in the truck and go. And I'm like, I got this route, this kind of loop I make there that we can cover ground and we'll get out of here at dark, but we'll be okay. You know what I mean? Like we're not that far. It's not in the back. country or nothing. And uh, I was like, but we, we do stand a strong chance that at least seeing an elk just because you know over by this time i've had so much time in those woods looking for them and i kind of knew not their loops or nothing but i knew when to expect to see them and it was like the first cold day in september and i was like oh they should be you know they should be down and we got we start going and there's a we're hiking this horse trail and we I was like, let's peek off into the riverbed because you can see way up these riverbeds. You know how it is. It's like the videos yeah. of those guys in British Columbia. It's how the Cascades are. You see way up these riverbeds. And so, um, this is a Cascade Bowl. Um, this is not a coastal. So, uh, it's a this rocky is right mountain. by. Okay. Well, yeah. So I'm, um, I kind of step out. And I'm like, oh, there's three cows right there. They're 100 yards away and the wind is in our face and they're not looking at us. Like, this is my opportunity to go shoot an elk. So I dropped my pack, dropped my call, showed my dad. I'm like, you see these elk? Because, you know, he's not elk hunting. Or he, he was there uh, the year we went, but he didn't really hunt. You know what I mean? They were just coming to visit because I had just moved there. And so okay. um, I'm like, you see him? He's like, yeah, that's – you think you can kill one? I'm like, well, we can try um <laughs> had you so killed dropped one. my pack i know
0: your buddy killed a cow at this point had you put any down up until this point or or no, i had not you no,
1: i had never killed an elk i had only okay. the the year prior was the first year i ever hunted uh-huh. um i grew up turkey hunting so there's some consolation in that but um so i uh i start making my stalk and i remember it's all these small um with the alder trees, it's all these small alder groves on the riverbed, and then up on the bank, you yeah, have the pines, like in the old old growth. So I started mm-hmm. sneaking through the old growth, and I remember like thinking to myself, "I'm like, why is there three cows out here with no bull?" And it is the middle; it's almost the end of September, like hot, you know, TikTok September twentieth. What's going on? And I remember like <laughs> I'm like I look around and like make there's not a bull. And so, I look up and I just start I have glass on me. So I'm just with my eyes peeking through these alder bushes, and finally I see an, an antler wave. I'm like, "Oh!" And he's not small. It's <laughs> 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 a, and, so, and so, and I see him, and he's probably seventy. And so, I crept up to about fifty, and he stands up, and I shoot, and I blow it right, and mm-hmm. um. That one hurt, and <laughs> so I bet. But that was the only day that was. <laughs> I so I hunted opening day, I hunted opening day, and I hunted the day after opening day. Other than that, that was the only day I had to elk hunt that year. So, um, I'm surprised you got out of crappy all of it, as it is. So like
0: how how much later was your your daughter born? You said daughter, right?
1: So I, I yep, yeah, I shot at that elk September 18th or 19th, and my daughter was born the 22nd.
0: that's amazing my daughter's birthday is october 1st yeah yeah. so i had a similar experience my wife was like okay you got a week at the beginning of september then get your ass back here so i
1: (laughs) yeah you gotta be here yeah and so thankfully i was right there you know only an hour or so away from house so um but what was cool about that is like the time leading into that like i had spent in those woods specifically is what would have killed that bull if i killed him so i uh Fast forward, I finally, this in 2022, I was going to be able to take leave to hunt. So I put in and uh, I knew I was, I knew kind of where I was going to be. I knew where I wanted to hunt. Ethan got his time off. I'm like, sweet. Uh, let's do it. And so we go and first couple uh, mornings were pretty slow, man. Like, uh, And I keep in mind, I'm a weekend warrior up until this point. This is the first time I've ever been able to hunt elk during the week. Okay. Aside from Labor Day, so, um, me and my buddy Keen and Ethan, we hunt this spot, and we don't run into any elk. Man, we get so torn up, in that coastal rainforest, like, and uh, I had to go home because my leave started the second week, so my vacation is the, of the season because I wanted to be able to hunt during the rut. Hopefully, when there'd be less people in the woods, and um, so. We go to the same big stretch of timber from the first year where I had uh, had an opportunity. And I remember driving and getting I remember driving so it was the twenty so this day was probably the nineteenth or no, this is probably the eighteenth. See eighteenth, nineteenth, twentieth, twenty first. Yeah, four days. So it's probably the eighteenth, probably a couple days into the hunt, right? And um me and my buddy Keen, because Ethan couldn't couldn't come up um we start hunting and we're going into the back of this unit and it was a dry year in 22 so in my head i'm like well elk need water every day there's no elk there's no water on the coast right now it's all in the rivers so they're gonna be on the rivers you know what i mean like just a rule of thumb it's good to look by a river for whatever you're hunting for um so we go and we're driving and i'm like dude there's trucks everywhere everywhere, man. I'm talking, there is more people here than I've ever seen, and I I was expecting it to be cleared out by now. And so, you know, I try not to get frustrated, and I'm I'm getting better about it as I go, but like, I'm pretty frustrated at this point, you know what I mean? Like, But I do know on the backside of this land is, uh, is some walk-in timberland that most people don't know that you can hunt, so my hope is that I can drive this logging road all the way to the gate, and then hike in and hunt. So about 45 minutes onto this logging road, there's a bridge and it goes down into a Canyon. You got to come back up. And I remember like, as I turned the corner to start going down into the Canyon, there's a car in front of me headed that way. I'm like, and it's early in the morning. You know what I mean? I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. (laughs) And they go down and turn around. I'm like, why'd they turn around? And I see there's a, they got a rope bridge. So, it was about another two and a half miles back to that uh, public walking, private walk on Timberland, and so, in the river. A river runs through it, difference. But um, <laughs> so I'm, I'm pretty mad, but I'm like, all right, this is getting out of. Here. I mean, like, and <laughs> yeah. uh, so like, this is what we're gonna do. I said, this has worked for me in the past. We're going to get out of this truck, and we're just going to walk into the woods and hunt. We're just going to hunt. We're not going to hunt. We're going to hunt an area, but we are going to hunt. We're not going to drive this truck anymore. I'm sick of sitting down. Like, Let's just hunt. So we get out, throw our gear on, grab the call, and uh, grab our bows, and we start walking into the woods. I'm like, okay. In my head... You know Roosevelt's don't have a big home range typically. You know what I mean? They kind of yeah. are homebodies by nature because they they usually have everything they need within such a tight uh, area. Whereas Roosevelt's, if they have to go to a winter range or Rocky Mountains, got to go to a winter range sometimes. But um, so I uh start looking at little drainages on my Onyx, and I'm like, all right, we're gonna walk each. We're gonna walk above the river, and on the opposite side of the river is a drainage every. Half a mile, right? We're gonna bugle into each one of these, and so as I'm walking that way, I'm starting to see rubs, old rubs, right? And you know, elk leave a lot of sign. That's a like another thing. Like for people listening, like you'll know when you're around them. Like there's there's not gonna have a question of if whether they're there or not. Like it's not gonna be an old rub here, here, an old rub there. It's tracks, it's crap, it's everything, and you can smell them. And yes, so you can. I remember the wind was kind of blowing down into that drainage because the thermals hadn't come up yet. So um, I can catch the wind from the other side of the drainage. And I remember like thinking, like, did I just smell a herd of elk at one point? As we're not looking at much fresh sign, and then finally we get to this point, I'm like, dude, there's elk crap everywhere. There's a rub here. We should call. You know what I mean? That's a bright idea. Let's call during the rut <laughs> yeah you know what i mean let's actually use this thing so i bugle and uh i don't hear anything but keen is like dude no i'm telling you he cut you off he's just far away and you didn't hear him but there's a bull responding to you right now and so i call again at this time i hear him i'm like oh my god did we just get the elk to bugle in washington what is going on And so, (laughs) we're, like, hyped. Like, we're high-fiving because now we're in the game. Like, we just beat out 97% of the people hunting in Washington because we heard an elk bugle. (laughs) So, um, like, I remember we kind of crossed the river and we go up this bluff and into this reprod and we just made a a critical error in doing so because it took us way too long to get there and by that time, he had shut up. So... We got out of there. We didn't want to bump him out. So once that thermal started to come up now, you know, in the afternoon, we were like, let's just back out. You know, don't risk it. We got time. Um, So the next day we come into the same spot, do the same thing, get him to respond again. I'm like, all right, let's do the same thing again. And it didn't work. Surprise, surprise. So (laughs) um, this is Keen's last day and Ethan is going to come hunt um, the next day with me. It's a Saturday. So Freddie King has to go home Saturday, my morning friends of all time, Ethan, he's coming up to hunt with me and call, and I'm telling him like, dude, I've got a bull found, like I've got him found he i he's been here three days in a row, and so all I've been really waiting on is like the wind to be good in the morning, so I instead of going in from the river, I can go in from above him and uh by this time, I've got, like, I know what makes the bull respond. Like, because, you know, like, you hunted with Jermaine. So, like, you've heard the best calling in the world. Yeah. Like, you know, there's certain tones that they won't, like, there's tones that they'll hear and be like, elk. There's tones they'll hear and be like, bugle, too. You know what I'm saying? So yeah,
0: Absolutely. Yep, yeah, 100%.
1: Like, he would only want to bugle when you were, you hit, like, a certain hitch as high as you could get on that read. I mean, and so, um, me and Ethan get there early in the morning. There's no one there. It's the last, second to last day of the season. It ends Sunday. And I'm like, dude, let's walk the logging road with the roadblock up. It's going to take us a minute to get in there, but let's walk it in the dark. We'll just listen. And, um, so we get about a uh, half a mile or so from where I think this bowl's been hanging out. Um, And we call, and I hear these. We hear these sticks pop, and so I immediately knock an arrow. Get ready. Nothing. And it's about nine o'clock in the morning. Not nine o'clock. About eight o'clock in the morning. Um, is it? It's getting light enough to to really see in the bottom because we're in the bottom of the you know, coastal range canyon. So, um, Ethan's like, "Let me try and bugle and see if he responds." And he bugles. I'm like, "No, no, 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 no." He doesn't respond to that, and so I I grab my call and bugle, and he doesn't respond to it. I'm like, well, maybe he's just not here. Let's walk a little further, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and so we walk about another hundred yards, and he bugles on his own, and we're like, oh, you turkey hunt, you know what's going on when a gobbler's bugling or gobbler's gobbling on his own, like it's time yeah. to go. You know what I mean? This yeah, is your shot. So. Yeah,
0: absolutely. That guy's fired up and and ready to talk with you.
1: Yep, so and if you can picture in your head, um you've got the logging road and it's a it's kind of the shelf of a canyon. So it goes down on the on your left-hand side, on your right-hand side it goes up, and you've got these drainages like that I was telling you about a minute ago where we've been calling into from the other side of the river. So um it's a small river. It's literally a trout stream. So We're calling, or so we call and get him to respond, and he's up in the back of one of these ranges, up these ranges. So, um, the now the fight's on. You know what I mean? When you're, yeah, when you're calling with him, it's it's go time. So I start, uh, we start working our way up. Ethan's thirty yards behind me. You know what I mean? And we're working our way towards this bull, and he's bugling everything. You know what I mean? But he wouldn't come in. And so now we're making cow sounds, and he just won't make a sound. You know what I mean? And at the top of this drainage is a little flat of select cut timber. Select cut being old growth that's thinned out. You know what I mean? You know, the other side, like the other side of that, twenty yards away is reprod, which you've seen reprod. So like that's our border. You know what I mean? Got it. Yeah, Yeah. So that that's our like mental border, and we're assuming he's in the reprod. And so, um, we're like, why is he not calling back? You know what I mean? And looking back, you know, knowing what I know now from turkey hunting, we should have like sat down. He was on his way. You know what I mean? Like when a turkey (laughs) goes quiet on you, you better be ready and you better not stand up. So, um, we get to the top of this bench and I'm like thinking like, it's like 11 o'clock in the morning now. You know what I mean? Like it's late. And, um. I remember being like, maybe we should like in my head. I'm like, maybe we should take a break, sit down, like, eat this tuna fish sandwich I got. You know what I mean? Like, you know, I remember stepping off of this log, and we had made cows. Well, hold on, hold on, on Brian. There just you have
0: myself. a you have a tuna fish sandwich in your bag.
1: Well, yeah, my truck. Able uh, we'll to go to the <laughs> right there down a bit Far away. T- yeah i would just yeah. i would just never bring tuna, tuna fish
0: i i've no i don't have a problem with tuna, but I would never bring a tuna fish sandwich with me into the woods that's awesome i i hope i hope that it was settled nicely in your stomach i don't know I don't know how long you were out there but man good good on you <laughs>
1: <laughs> well so so um we go or i i step off this log and I'm about twenty yards from the edge of the reprod. And about maybe it may maybe 50 yards like area of this flat uh, where I have good shooting lanes. And I step off this log, and when I stepped off this log, I broke up when I broke a branch that bold bugles so close, I, it was like I could smell it like it was so close, and I was like, oh. He was on his way the whole time. Like in my head, I'm like going back to my turkey hunting experience. I'm like, oh, I need to be ready. Like right now, he's going to bust through this reprog. And so I get about 10 yards, 15 yards in front of Ethan, and Ethan drops back and sits behind the stump. Aero knock, pack on. Like, didn't he have time to pay, take my pack off? Like, like, it's go time. And I hear him cracking brush now. And he, uh, I'm I'm watching the edge of the ferns, and there's a big old dead like redwood stump. Um, yeah. And I remember seeing him at like 60 out in the flat, like far away on the other flat, and him breaking through the edge of the ferns at 20. And as I remember being like, when he steps behind that stump, you better be drawn back. You know what I mean? So I draw back when he goes behind the stump, and I'm holding it. Like, I don't hold, like, when I'm holding my bow back, I don't even, like, aim with it. I just kind of hold it at a comfortable position on my, like, shoulder. So I'm just, like, holding it. And he starts coming towards me after he comes past that stump. And he's just, he's frontal. You know what I mean? He's coming right at me. I'm like, okay, he's not going to go broadside. Like, he's going to run you over. (laughs) Like, you better put, you better, (laughs) you better get settled and be ready to shoot. And so I'm. At about 15, I'm like, all right, on the, you know, I don't know, kiss or buttons, but I'm anchored, and I'm I'm floating my pins, I'm floating my pins, I'm floating my pins, and he kind of turns almost quarter two, but still frontal, and I remember being like, all right, I'm close enough that if this busts through, he's dead, and I put it on the little patch of hair, I was like, all right, and I let it go, and I let it go, and I watched this Easton FMJ. Go all the way through a frontal shot and go out the other side. And I'm like,
0: oh no way. that killed him. That's awesome. Like I
1: but in my head, I'm like, but he and he just stands there and turns broadside. But he doesn't off. So I knock another arrow, shoot him in the neck. That's my only shot right there. Yeah. Cause at this point I've got an arrow in him. I'm not gonna stop shooting until he's dead. Yeah.
0: Keep shooting as long as he's on his feet. Then he
1: gives me a... Yep, and then he gives me another shot, and the shot he gave me this last time was I had to tuck it right behind that last rib and try to tuck it in, uh, faced away from me. This is all within 10 seconds, you know what I mean? And so <laughs> okay. draw back, let that last one fly, and he kind of starts trotting off at this point, and he trots off about uh, 40 yards, and I'm watching him, and we have this on video. I'll share the video with you uh, after yeah. the podcast. But So we're watching him, and – I'm like, he's 60, you know what I mean? He's 60 yards away, still standing. I'm like, Ethan, throw me an arrow. <laughs> I'm, about to send him, I'm about to send another one at him. And I'm watching him, and he, you know, he like, his, he buckles down, his knees hit the ground, and he stands back up. But this whole time, I'm just watching this river of blood come out of him, you know what I mean? And I'm like, there's no way. In my head, I'm like, that's fatal, right? You know, but I've never killed an elk so I'm like, that's what fatal looks like on a deer. Is this gonna kill him? And then he like kinda turns around, knees hit the ground, he stands back up, and as he's standing there, he just throws his head back slowly and falls. And I remember like feeling like the weight of the world, like this self taught journey to elk hunt. You know what I mean? Like YouTube university, elk hunter, like I, I like I'm watching this come to fruition in front of me and i just could not like i let it all go man i threw my bow i you know Ethan's one of my best (laughs) friends like ethan's i hug my friend like i'm tearing up like i'm like dude you don't understand like because he you know people see in the video they see me shooting an elk you know but they don't see me driving at midnight to get home because i was in the woods scouting there all weekend you know what i mean and i wanted to be there at last light to see where they came out and then hike out in the dark and then hike out in the morning in the dark in the middle of summertime. Like just these this insanity and this drive I had for it. Like I'm watching that come to fruition. So like people see the video, like, dude, you're like tearing up, like it's not that serious. It's a raghorn. I'm like, dude, yeah, it's a raghorn, but that is my raghorn. And uh. <laughs> you don't see the... the
0: effort put in, man. I know exactly what you mean, Brian. Yeah. I uh I have a like a fifty second clip on my Instagram right now of the elk I just killed um back in September. Monster.
1: Monster you yeah, just killed. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, he was uh he ended up being I think 312. So pretty good oh, yeah? bull. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um and, and that's and he's got three three of his tines are are like a little funky, a little bit more of a like a almost like a knife more so than a yeah. spear. Yeah. Super it out. unique.
1: Yeah, yeah. And that's the thing what about my rope him, was he had on his brow. That's brows. cool.
0: But the the thing about those 3 like if they were equal to the ones on his right side, I mean he's a 330 340 bull. So he's just got oh, yeah. he's just got some character. He's a, he's a, he's a stud. I love him. But the video is 50 seconds and it's everything, right? It's it's all of this work that I put in. But you're right, man. It's I, I've been hunting for 7 years. 7 years of elk hunting to try and make that happen. And when it happened, like we cut the video, and I'm just like I'm. I'm picking Jermaine up. I'm throwing him around. I'm hugging Pat. I'm just. I'm just a oh, like, little
1: Jermaine. Jermaine's only like <laughs> what 5'8"? <five>, eight. <laughs> so <it> may, <laughs>
0: give or take, we'll, we'll say we'll say five ten for the record, just because I'm not really sure. But yeah, it, it, compared to I'm 6'4". So compared to me, he's not quite as large. That's what we'll yeah. say. yeah yeah. <laughs> but either way, man, it, you're you're one hundred percent right. It's, it's all that effort you put into it. It's years and years of effort and uh, like hundreds of miles on your feet for seconds of like, of that moment. And so it's, it's oh, pretty man. special.
1: It's the craziest, like, and that's like, I almost feel bad for guys who like come out here and do it on their first year. Cause it's like,
0: or do it every year or do, <laughs> they don't get that same high that we get. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, I was, I came close this year. I was trying to be picky and, now I'm eating pack suit, but I mean, I kill enough whitetail at home, so it's not a problem, but uh, I had a pretty good hunt this year. I had the spot and stalk of all things in color. Like, I did not expect to be hunting spot and stalk elk here, but I almost killed one. I was pretty, almost killed a good one on OTC, but I was, this year was just, it was weird, man. Just, I guess it was because I was getting used to hunting Rocky Mountain elk. And, yeah. you know, like, also, coming from Washington, like, there's this, like, level of confidence I had to teach myself when I walk into the woods that the elk are actually going to be there. You know what I mean? Like, you have to convince yourself, like, well, they might be in this unit <laughs> before you even step foot in the woods. And now well, here in
0: Washington, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, now here in Colorado, the highest elk population in the country. So, like, I know they're there. I don't need to be told that the elk are there. I know they're there. So, like... It was so weird being like... Yeah, they're there,
0: but now there's twice the amount of hunters, and you were worried about the hunter volume in Washington.
1: (laughs) Yeah, there's a lot more hunters here. But, you know, this is not to knock any first-year hunters, but most of them are like that first-year hunter. And I found that you can rely on your... I I hate saying the word woodsmanship, but if you rely on that, man in that time in the woods stuff that we were talking about earlier. I think it's, I think it's the same. I do. Like, I, I, I think agree. you could take that thing. I think you could take it from Washington to Colorado, to Colorado, to Montana, to, you know what I mean? Like,
0: yeah, I I think it's also a matter of like putting in work. Like a lot of guys, I know plenty of hunters that aren't there necessarily killing kill an elk. They're there to go hunting and just be away from their day to day, whatever that is. Whatever that you know, whatever. Yeah, and they find
1: from. their peace in the woods and that's cool too. You know what I mean? If yeah. that's your thing, that's your thing. But I'm there to pull the trigger.
0: Yeah, yeah. Getting drunk at camp. whatever it might be, but if you're willing to like throw miles on your feet, uh have some pretty crappy you know, well, let me just say it, some pretty shitty hikes in and out. Oh, go, yeah. in in the, go in the dark go in the dark, come back in the dark
1: try to hunt elk and you you won't see as
0: many hunters (laughs) as they say you're going to see. Right. So it's all about putting in more work. And and
1: another thing is too, when you meet those guys back there, like where you don't think you'll see other hunters, that's the person you need to keep in contact with. Like that's the phone number you need to get because if they're willing to do that, you know what I mean? Like I was, I met a group of guys back there this year that were hunting elk the same way I was. I was like, Hey, this is my phone number. You can go and call me. If I kill one, I'll call you. And you can build that rapport with guys. I think that's pretty important too. You know what 100%. I mean? Like, like just having the confidence that you can call somebody to get your elk out and you don't have a limiting factor. Yep. You're in. For sure. I, in man. my opinion. I feel like I'm in when that happens. But
0: No, no, I'm with you. I've definitely – I've met some people pretty deep into the woods and, and they're always fun to talk to and they're always pleasant. Uh, it's the people at the I can't believe I to, saw uh, you back here. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I can't believe someone and, else found
1: this. Brother, yeah, on X absolutely, is, man.
0: So. Absolutely cool. Well, man, that's an awesome story. I love uh, I love the emotion that you not only have with your story, but that you hunt with, man. That's, um, I could say there's a lot of hunters that don't have that. Um, the ones that do are the ones that I love to be around. Um, so that's that's really great, Brian. I know you, th- I think you maybe said you had two or three stories. Do you, have, do you have some more for us? I don't want to, um, I don't want to cut I you off before you're done here. I have
1: one more, but you're moving to Colorado soon enough, we'll just do it in person.
0: Hell yeah, brother. Um, Okay, well then let's do this, man. Let's let's tell the people where they can find you. I don't know if you have any social media stuff, or I know you obviously have a podcast. Fill them in so that they can kind of check in on you and and see what you're up to.
1: Uh, So yeah, if you want to, for any of you guys in like Colorado Springs, like by the way, I don't like know anybody here really. So if you're in Colorado Springs listening to this, you want to link up, shoot, fly fish, hunt let me know let's do it um oh, my, yeah. so my hunting is,
0: buddy lives in calder springs um so i'll I'll connect you with him directly <laughs> oh for sure dude
1: yeah yeah that'd be sweet because i like i said i got stationed out here to hunt and i don't really know anybody here so like this year like hunt, i got kind of you know i have friends and like family in uh in like gypsum colorado but that's over by grand junction so that's a long yeah. way but um yeah so uh Instagram at Brian Speller B R Y A N S P E L L E R, um, I guess Facebook too if you're into that. Um, but Instagram is <laughs> probably like the best way if you wanted to reach me. Um, I have a podcast. It's uh, Bulls and Bass. Uh, probably need to change the name of that because I don't really bass fish anymore. I live in Colorado. You know, I'm trout. Fish. Yep. Yeah, I like my trout now. I'm actually tying flies as we speak. Well, not as we speak, but um, yeah, I got my stuff here, but. Yeah. Gotcha. Um
0: so so let me t- ask about that. So um I I knew you had one. I don't know much about it. how long has it been going? What what do you try and cover in your podcast? How often does it come out? That kind of stuff.
1: So um I'm trying to do it uh weekly or bi weekly. Okay. Um it's more so like I guess theories and hunting and kind of getting on the tangents about different stuff. Like I have a podcast completely dedicated to like the time in the woods topic. Um, where I basically got on there, like, I don't know if you're familiar with this past weekend of Theo Von, where he just has a solo podcast, but I get on there and just kind of ramble and rant my thoughts into what sounds somewhat coherent, um, for people to understand. <laughs> okay. And like, okay. just cause like, I'm not going to say I'm an expert or anything, but I spend a lot of time in the woods and I feel like, um, there's a lot of knowledge that could be subsequently gained by listening. You know what I mean? Not that I'm an expert in anything, I I I could, but I have a passion for teaching, so that's kind of where that comes into. But um, yeah, uh, bulls and bass. Uh, but if like I mean, I'm always looking for guests, so hit me up if you want to get on there and talk anything really. Uh, bass fishing, duck hunting, turkey hunting. Love turkey hunting.
0: There we go. I will. uh, I'll put links to all of this in the show notes, so anybody who wants to connect with them, especially folks down in the Springs area of Colorado. Um, just click on it and, and reach out but Brian man this was fun man I like I said you have a unique passion um, with your stories it's like you said I think it was uh, about about halfway through your deer story you're like oh man I'm like shaking here so like I love that I love that yeah. I love that uh, those experiences mean so much to you and that's exactly why I started the podcast brother so thank you for, for coming on and, and sharing your stories with everybody
1: yeah man thank you for having me so much uh, this has been fun
0: All right, guys, that's it. Another couple stories in the books. Again, I want to thank Brian for coming on the podcast. I also want to say Merry Christmas to everybody out there. I think I forgot to do that on the intro, uh, but this episode is coming out on Christmas Day. I hope you guys enjoy it. I hope you're enjoying time with your family. I hope you enjoyed Brian's stories. Thank you guys uh, again for another great year. This was a lot of fun putting all of us together this year. Um, Guys, if you do have stories and you want to share them, hit me up. I'd love to have you on. Again, check us out on Carbon TV. Um, give us ratings there. Give us ratings on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you're listening. If you could give us a review, I would very much appreciate it. But that's it, guys. Thanks again for, for checking us out. Thank you, Brian, for telling your stories. Now get out there and make some stories of your own. Thank you.